Oh man, we've got some naughty people in the chat today. The world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow. 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 There's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gonz as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Canary Cry News Talk. You are listening to Canary Cry News Talk, and today is September 16th, 2020, episode 243, and today, Panda. Man, what a great title, Guns. Good job. <laughs> and uh, you know me, I'm not down with the sickness, but I am your best buddy, Basil. And this is Guns, coming at you live on multiple outlets, including... The highly suppressed Face Like the Sun YouTube channel, demonetized and not liked by Susan. Shadow Band. Shadow Band. Also, the Canary Cry Radio YouTube channel, DLive.tv slash Canary Cry Radio, Twitch.tv slash Canary Cry Radio, and of course, Periscope and Facebook. Welcome, All everybody. Over the place. Yes. Propaganda Watch. Propaganda. <laughs> Which, by the way, before we go into anything, before nothing, everything, what i don't know we we uh i just want to mention that today is a special day uh bristol zoo celebrates red panda day oh. with a new arrival uh shifumi is a one-year-old female red panda cute and yeah they look like raccoons they still look like raccoons to me Red panda sounds like a mid-century uh derogatory term for for Chinese, Chinese communists. <laughs> yeah, it does. Wow. But but they're so dang cute, Gonzo. I know, I know. But propaganda watch. Yeah, so just just for uh just to set up the propaganda. There is uh actual Chinese communist news today, but just thought I'd set it up since it's uh Red Panda Day. Well, actually Red Panda Day, I guess, is September 19th, but close enough. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Good enough for me, Gonzo. Well, any uh, any exciting news? We're a little short on time today, um, so we kind of got to zoom th- through some things, but we got to catch up. Yeah, just a real quick mention of Here the Watchman presents Igniting the Fire, The Ultimate Solution. It's a virtual mm. conference, September 25th through 27th. And I was just informed also that the Here the Watchman Orange County in November uh, 5th through 8th at the Hilton Irvine Orange County Airport. Uh, that's yep. actually happening too. So I don't For real, know. In, in person? In person, yeah. So wow. uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to really hang out at this thing because uh, I'm probably going to have little baby Kezo. Uh, he'll probably be born by oh, then. yeah. Oh my god. It'll be right around so that time. Cute. So I know. You're going to have your own little prop of panda. <laughs> my own little. <laughs> i'm not chinese dude you're so racist oh, dang so it. racist sorry sorry yeah you better are watch there no that pandas privilege. in japan there's got to be at least oh, one little panda yeah. running around up there i'm sure there are yeah okay yeah um cool yeah nothing to report over on my side All nothing right. exciting excellent have yeah awesome fun yep awesome fun let's uh jump into the show here gons with a flippy update Sleepy update. Do you want fries with that? 
Okay, folks, quick Flippy update here. For those who don't know, Flippy is the colloquial name we have for the disembodied arm robot. Originally flipping burgers, making our lives better. But since then, we use uh, conversations about Flippy as a proxy conversation for how robotics and AI are moving into our lives, whether we like it or not. Like a California, California tenant. They, uh, they just, they'll move in and they'll never move out. But uh, today, Gons, a little update. Again, uh, Flippy adjacent. We're going to be talking about spot or spot uh, uh, ripoffs, I guess. Uh, this is coming from CNN.com. So we're just prime mainstream media here. Robot dogs join U.S. Air Force exercise, giving glimpse at a potential battlefield of the future. Okay. It reads, it looked like a scene from science fiction. Emerging from United States Air Force planes, four-legged robot dogs scampered onto an airfield in the Mojave Desert, offering a possible preview into the future of warfare. But the exercise conducted last week, one of the U.S. military's largest ever high-tech experiments, wasn't a movie set. Flying into a possibly hostile airstrip aboard an Air Force C-130. Ooh, those are cool planes. The robot dogs are sent outside the aircraft to scout for threats before the humans inside would be exposed to them, according to an Air Force news release dated September 3rd. The electronic canines are just one link in what the U.S. military calls the Advanced Battle Management Systems. It uses artificial intelligence and rapid data analytics to detect and counter threats to the U.S. military assets in space and possible attacks on the U.S. homeland with missiles or other means. In space. Do you think they're talking about outer space or just the existential space of existence? Uh, CNN, so probably both. (laughs) Yes, they'll just double speak us into the grave here. (laughs) Will Roper, Assistant Secretary of the Air Force for Acquisition, Technology and Logistics, said on a future battlefield, soldiers will face, quote, a dizzying array of information to assess and will need to rely on data synthesis done in nanoseconds to fight effectively quote valuing data as an essential war fighting resource one no less vital than jet fuel or satellites is the key to next gen warfare roper said in an air force news release on abms exercise real quick let me highlight something boop Okay. Uh, The latest ABMS exercise from August 31st to September 3rd involved every branch of the U.S. military, including the Coast Guard. Ooh, they really did bring in every branch. (laughs) I like how they had to specifically say, including the Coast Guard. Sorry, Coast Guard. Plus dozens of the teams from industry and uh, used 30 locations around the country. Nellis Air Force Base in Nevada was one of those, and that's where the robot dogs came into the mix. Quote, the dogs give us visuals of the area, all while keeping our defenders closer to the aircraft, said Master Sergeant Lee Boston, a member of the Devil Raiders, the nickname for the Air Force's 621st Contingency Response Group, said in the Air Force release. U.S. Air Force Force Tech Sergeant John Rodriguez, 
I don't know if that's a typo, but it says Rodriguez provides security with ghost robotics vision 60 prototype during an exercise on Nellis Air Force Base in Nevada. The dogs are called vision 60 UGVs or autonomous unmanned ground vehicles by their manufacturer ghost robotics of Philadelphia. Watch out Boston don't Boston dynamics uh, ghost robotics from Philadelphia. We've got a robot. Um, um, uh, I don't know. What is the word I'm looking for? Competition. Uh, competition. Yeah. Rivalry is what I'm looking Rivalry. for. Philadelphia and Boston battling it out for robo supremacy. It touts their ability to operate in any terrain or environment while being adaptable to carrying an array of sensors and radios on for a dog robot, a fairly simple platform quote, a core design principle for our four legged robots is to re- is reduced mechanical complexity when compared to any other legged robots and even traditional wheeled tracked UGVs. The company's website says uh, by reducing complexity, we inherently increase durability, agility, and endurance. It says our Q UGVs are unstoppable. And in the U.S. military of the future, they may be a vital component to what an Air Force release calls the kill chain. Ooh, dogs in the kill chain, guns. Mm. Quote, we are exploring how to use ABMS to link sensors to shooters across all battle spaces at speed and under threat. Maturing these concepts and capabilities is necessary to fight and win in the information age. General John Raymond, chief of space operations said in an air force release quote our war fighters and combatant commands must fight at internet speeds to win said air force chief of staff general charles brown jr internet speeds gons charlie brown says internet speeds (laughs) oh yeah his his name is charlie brown yeah i don't know i don't know what uh, internet speeds doesn't mean anything to me it's uh, as we've known, trying to stream this show. <laughs> yeah, slow Internet and clunky. speeds yes, <laughs> can constantly. vary, be incredibly uh, <laughs> impotent in their attempt to connect us with the world. Um, there's a bunch of interesting stuff in this. I, first of all, I like to I like the, the visual to imagine the visuals of a C-130 landing on an airstrip and then just <laughs> like a dozen robo dogs pouring out of the back cargo bay uh, yeah. to secure the area. Very interesting there. Um, one thing that really aligns with uh, the trends that we're seeing in the future is uh, the paragraph that said Will Roper, Assistant Secretary of the Air Force for Acquisition Technology and Logistics, said on future battlefields, soldiers will face a dizzying array of information to assess and will need to rely on data synthesis done in nanoseconds to fight effectively. This uh, aligns with the general trend that we see of data being weaponized, you know, data being the most important factor uh, in a lot of things. Now, in this whole TikTok situation we're dealing with, um, I've uh, broken it down many times of how data is the new uh, oil. It's been said before. It's the new commodity. It's a priceless commodity, data is. And uh, this not only applies to geopolitical economics, but also to warfare. You know, it's whoever has the most data is the one, you know, who has the advantage. And uh, the military is uh, all all the sectors of our military, including Coast Guard. 
come on coast guard you're included um you know are going to be relying on data more than anything more than bullets more than uh you know manpower more than anything it's going to be these data collection little doggies running around um that are really going to give the US the boost when it comes to war fighting i was thinking of uh next gen warfare yeah i was imagining these dogs on the coast, you know, like going into mm-hmm. the ocean and I'm like, ah, they can't live in the ocean, but they're probably fairly waterproof. And then they'll just keep walking, you know, on the bottom of the sea. And they, they, just Oh, I know. Moving. And can you imagine an amphibious assault where just suddenly hundreds of these things start galloping out of the sea <laughs> oh, on a beach front? <laughs> That's like, um, uh, yeah. Pacific rim, except yeah. More crittery. And I find it, you know, there's a lot of talk about the drones. We talk about drones a lot and how drones are going to be patrolling the streets. We saw that with some COVID stuff, um, you know, flying around, buzzing around. I think it's even more terrifying to imagine that these little reconnaissance, little dogs just marching down the streets. I mean, it's going to be a, uh, a this is a called shot, but it's going to be normal just to see these little security dog robots walking around the sidewalks of your town, just keeping an eye on things. It's going to be more valuable, you know, compare it to what we were talking about with the police in San Diego, um, just begging to have access to all of the stoplight cameras, the Mm -hmm. red light cameras, surveillance cameras. Yeah. Yeah. Because smart uh, cameras, I think they were called. Right. And it gives them, you know, pretty much a hundred percent surveillance of the whole city, more or less. You know, if they don't have access to that, all they got to do is get a, a a battalion of these dogs to just wander around. And they're they're fairly harmless looking and they're cool. They're less uh, uh, scary sounding than a drone. You know, you don't have this crazy flying through the town. You just have a nice little dog. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. So there you go. <laughs> there's, there's there's some updates on our uh, our good buddy spot, man's best friend. Robots are a man's best friend, as uh, we learned in the uh, Elon Musk Neuralink uh, live stream. I'm for the robots. Yep. And um, yeah, you know, I, I when you kept reading about how they called them dogs, you know, I kept mm-hmm. just thinking hot dogs, and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Huh. Maybe I'm just hungry. Are you hungry? Yeah. You didn't, <laughs> you didn't hungry. eat before the show? No, but I, I was thinking how terrifying it would be when when hot dogs have robot legs and they're they're surveilling our homes. They're too. little mini mini spots. Yeah, you know that would be a good. Uh, that's some good PR. You know, for <laughs> the dogs patrolling our streets, just put a little bun little, around them. Hot dogs. They'll just be so cute running around. Yeah. And then somebody. Plus you can sell more ad space. Yeah. On the surface area of the Some, bun. Somebody will try to bite into it and then property damage. <laughs> well, then that's a felony. Guns. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's, that's assault. I know. That's assault of a police officer. I know. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's all changing. All right. Oh my uh, gosh. Anything more on the, the robot no, dog front it. there? That's all I got. Keeping okay. you updated. All right. We got a bunch of. Glizzy. Somebody mentioned it in the chat. I was trying to get away. Oh, okay. Yeah, apparently the kids nowadays call hot dogs glizzies. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. And if you're a, a glizzy gladiator, it means you eat a lot of hot dogs. I thought I it was, never and that. I may be mistaken. I might be saying something very vulgar, but I, <laughs> I believe it's not a vulgar term. It's just simply referring to hot dogs. Okay. All right. Cool. Something See, I, I learned. I'm, I keep I'm gonna, up with the kids, man. Gonna, I know what's going on. I'm going to try that with the wife. 
Hey, what do you think about glizzies for dinner? Glizzies for dinner. You're going to get hurt doing that. She'll kick me out. Yeah. All right. (laughs) A few brief updates here. Okay, we got a couple 33 updates. Obviously, 33, if you are familiar with the show, is a number that the elite seem to use all the time to signal to each other or to other elite or Freemasons or whatever's going on. But the number seems to pop up quite a bit. And this is HollywoodReporter.com. Reframe stamp awarded to 33 TV shows, including Killing Eve. Mm. Unbelievable. And Watchmen. I know they all seem to have a biblical undertone to it. Killing Eve, unbelievable. Like you know, you're not a believer. And then Watchmen, you know, like a Watchman. Yeah, yeah. Just thought I know, like a Watchman. Yeah, like an interesting headline with the 33 in there. Also, uh, another 33 update. Which um, this one, uh, I couldn't actually get into the article because it's. uh, I think it's New York Times. Uh, or no, it was Business Insider, but they published an article. Here's the complete accounting of all 33 credible sexual misconduct allegations against Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Whoa, yes. interesting. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they say they found 33 instances where people accuse Donald Trump and Joe Biden of sexual misconduct. I don't know if that's like them together, like at the same time or. Right. And I'm curious, you know, I wish I could get into the article because I'd, I'd want to know the ratio, you know? Like what, I mean, out we of can the get into the article. You can try. I'll try. I mean, I, I don't know. Scan, scan, see if they're, I don't know how long it is. Um, well, I can try to get, well, let's see. I think that's combined. Here's a complete accounting of all 33 credible, uh-oh, paywall. That's what I'm saying. I'm stuck. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, I'm trying to oh, get. Oh, I see. You 16. can't read it. Yeah, I can't read it. That's, that's, yeah, that was the thing I was trying to. Get to. Mm, got it. Yeah, they want me to pay like fifty bucks or hundred and twenty bucks. Ooh, one dollar yeah. monthly trial, and then you forget about it, and then they take all your money. Uh, well, we no should thanks. just do a podcast where we just wander the internet, signing up for free trials. <laughs> good uh, content. Okay, and um, obviously uh, the West Coast has been burning. There's been a a lot of interesting uh, satellite footage of laser beams hitting. Uh, fire spots and stuff like that. We'll get to that in a moment. But mm. in the meantime, Burn it, all. it was reported by OregonLive.com. Man arrested twice in 12 hour span for starting fires near I-205. Not mm. once, but twice. Man was arrested on Sunday for intentionally setting a brush fire near Interstate 205 in Portland. Then just hours after he was released, I don't know why they're releasing him. He was taken into custody again for lighting six more fires, according to Portland police. So there you go. I, he was booked into the Multnomah County Detention Center on charges of reckless burning and disorderly conduct, but was released. I, I don't. Dude. I don't. I just don't get why they're released. Why would you release him? Well, you know, because that's just I don't know. Bail. He probably got bail. There's all these bail bonds. Uh, these bail funds coming out for. Uh, Black Lives Matter people. I don't know. Maybe he was part of that. Who knows? Um, And yeah, you know, this goes into, I mean, there's a worrying uh, situation with the the fires, obviously, but all these arsonists are getting arrested. This guy twice 
and uh, he, when he got arrested the first time, gets out and lights six more fires. And I is really worrying guns because I'm talking to some normie people in my life, mm-hmm. and I'm just mentioning like, oh my gosh, did you hear about all the arsonists they arrested in Oregon? And nobody believes me. They, it's it's like this. It's crazy. I mean, there's mainstream. They're mainstream. I'm not even saying I care because it's mainstream. For them, it's mainstream, right. and they should be believing it. But uh, it's kind of all wrapped up in this sort of weird mind control that uh, you know Antifa is a is a. a, a what did they call it? not a rumor it's a myth oh they, they repeat when, the what's his name from washington saying the, the whole I, thing oh, is a myth yeah i want to say it was nader or something nader, yeah but yeah a lot of them don't believe antifa is real and they don't believe these arsonists are real and here's the thing i i personally i mean the the sheriff's office in oregon um a lot of the law enforcement who are doing the arresting of these arsonists are making statements saying we we are not we don't think these are Antifa related. You know, they're, they're right. coming out very strongly saying like, Hey, we don't, we are not reporting that these are Antifa people. So, you know, uh, maybe they are, maybe they're not, but it's already wrapped up in the mind control of, Oh no, 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 there's no arsonists. This is uh this is uh, uh climate, change. climate change. It's all climate change. You yeah. know, it's, it's not arson. It's climate change. Yeah. We didn't show it's, the, uh, the footage, but, Gavin Newsom was standing in front of this like charred forest and he was like pitiful. smiling and laughing. He's all, it's climate change. <laughs> it was he ridiculous. He said, come to California. As he's standing <laughs> in the hazy apocalyptic hellhole of California, he's saying, he's got this huge smile on his face saying, come to California. Oh, we'll tell you about climate change. Come on back. You know, because people are, people are leaving. exodus. It's yeah. a mass exodus of California. He's trying to lure people back to his apocalyptic <laughs> state by standing in a in a hellish battlefield I know. and and smiling his big weird newsome smile and being like come on down yeah come on down to california the land of opportunity yeah we we'll call show him, you uh, climate change we call him gruesome over here but uh oh ooh, yeah, that's good yeah yeah uh it says this arsonist, education he wants yeah. to put on everybody this arsonist was taken to a local hospital for a mental health evaluation and charged with six more counts of reckless burning and mm, then uh yeah, despite good. here's a sentence that's really interesting again this is oregonlive.com despite at least three other arrests for arson around the state in recent weeks local police departments and the fbi have roundly rejected and debunked rumors of widespread arson in relation to the massive wildfires that have burned in Oregon over the last week. So the local police and the FBI are like, no, nope, 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 no, 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 so wild, no, 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 man. Nope. What, what, there's been like a dozen arsonists uh, arrested? Something like that. Yeah, it says here three other. So, I mean, still. I, I think over the weeks, I've, I've, I, I saw one article that accounted for eight of them, and then I've seen a few more come out after okay. that. But so, who knows? Whatever. Either way. Apparently, it's all a myth. Yeah, <laughs> either way. I mean, they're out there, but FBI and the local police are like, oh, well, nope, 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 don't nope, know. nope, 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 nope. All right. Yep. So uh, stay not on fire, West Coast. You don't know what you're looking at. What's driving that thing? It's not a space alien. Alien. It's unidentified. UFO seen over New Jersey was really Goodyear blimp. And uh, I actually (laughs) saw the footage at first and it was kind of, I didn't know it was a Goodyear blimp. It was kind of compelling because you see like this guy, you see it in the the background there. Uh, There's a bunch of people on the street. 
uh, getting out of their cars to film it. So I was mm-hmm. like, wow, maybe, maybe it is something. That, that's exactly what got me too. Cause usually with these uh, things, it's one, one guy, guy yeah. out in the wilderness. And it's like, obviously he just went out, took some footage to edit a UFO in. But yeah, this had a, the whole highway blocked up. Yeah. It's as People if they've out of their cars and yeah, it's as if they've never seen uh, a blimp, but uh, apparently, <laughs> apparently, and you know, the one thing that, that to was be fair. Weird, there's not that many blimps flying around well, anymore. Well, true and not true. It was because of the, uh, uh, what was it? The, the football game, I think. Uh, let's see. It says here, blah, blah, blah. It was a Goodyear blimp over MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford where the New York Giants lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers Monday night. So it was a football game and, you know, they have football uh, blimps. Goodyear blimps. The Goodyear blimp, yeah, yeah, so that's not like an uncommon thing. But I just thought it was weird that all these people, I don't know, did the Ronas, did they forget what blimps look like? Or Because, I mean, <laughs> you would think that at a certain point, somebody would be like, oh, it's a blimp. And then everyone yeah. would go, oh, yeah, you're right. It's a blimp. It even had the blinking lights and well, the, you know, yes. the aircraft uh, right. signals and everything. So, so yes, the, the blinking lights on top was what made me question, like, okay, what is that? But the big right. blue light underneath was the first thing that I was kind of like, okay, maybe it's something else. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found this footage here, which I will show. And if you're uh, just listening, I'll describe it the best I can. It's just a one minute clip from uh, somebody on YouTube, Jules by the pool on YouTube <laughs> uh, from back in February 8th, 2018. We mm-hmm. saw a Goodyear blimp again last night and it's got a similar shape to it. And it's got that big, it's like a big, uh, it's a screen screen. It's a yeah. It's a scrolling screen. screen and yeah, from far away, it just it looks it does kind of look like a, you know, like a blinking or a you know some kind of like a beam. Yeah, beam looks or like a, a tractor beam, maybe. Yeah, or like the bottom of a spaceship type of thing you would see on TV shows. But yeah. th- that that's what really convinced me. Like, oh yeah, you're right. It's a it's a it's a blimp. It's not a UFO. Yeah. Unfortunate, but uh, or fortunate. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I I've been fooled the same way though. When I when I did live down in Southern California, there. Um, they, there's, there's blimps floating around yeah. uh, LA all the time. Yeah. And so many times I was spooked by these things. They're just kind of an eerie thing to see sometimes. Yeah. Although, I mean, I, yeah, I guess maybe I grew up with the blimps in the air. So I, I kind of know when I see a blimp. Yeah. Um, there is in my kind of neck of the woods, there's a big uh, orange balloon for like tourists to go up and, and check out the city or whatever. First yep. couple times that thing went up, I was like, "What? What is that? What is that floaty <laughs> thing up there?" Um, but yeah, there you go. Uh, I, I'm more disturbed about all the people that <laughs> thought it was a UFO. It's it's like the whole Rona thing. They were inside it for so long. They were you know they were mind controlled into watching so many <laughs> sci-fi shows or whatever that yeah the first sign of something weird in the air and they're like, "It's happening." I know it was wild. The, the the video, the original video, you know, the the whole highway stopped yeah. and got out of their cars and are filming this thing. Yeah, it's yeah, like, it's crazy. Okay, all, all right. right. Uh, next up is a super duper weapon. I call it the super duper missile. Incredible. Well, it's not Incredible. really a missile, but you know, we've talked about dues directed mm-hmm. energy weapons. Yes, a, a, a staple for conspiracy theories uh, for years. Yes, and uh, this out of uh, uh, a Pentagon press briefing, I think it was either today or yesterday. Uh, let's give it a listen. Meanwhile, in space, Moscow and Beijing have turned a once peaceful arena into a warfighting domain. 
They have weaponized space through killer satellites, directed energy weapons, and more in an effort to exploit our systems and chip away at our military advantage. There you go. Right. Actual actual press release. Actual mentioned press release mentioning directed energy weapons, which, uh, of course, we've known about dues for a long time, but they really strictly have been a conspiracy theory piece of knowledge. Yeah. Uh, You know, a fringy, fringy people know about them, but everybody else, you know, they're like, that's crazy. Go back to watching Independence Day. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, there was even um, this is something I put in my presentation for here the watchman but there's a cnn video from like 2017 i think that shows like a whole interview with uh some sergeants and stuff they're like yeah it's much more precise it's long range uh you can yeah. do it you know without getting noticed and they have little and demonstrations this was recent, 2017 this, uh, yeah or you mean this press conference this press conference i think this was today or yesterday i think it was very oh, recent wow. yeah yeah okay great yeah so there you go uh, not crazy conspiracy anymore unless you're just going to say everything that comes out of i like the, uh, the pentagon yeah pentagon's fake, <laughs> well fake it was from the pentagon so it still might be fake who <laughs> <Sure>. knows um <laughs> Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, interesting how they uh, talk about it in relation to Russia, Russia and China. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh no, these evil empires have the directed energy weapons, not us. We don't have weaponized satellites. We're so innocent. (laughs) We abide by the 1967 uh, space treaty act that expired in 2004 and didn't get (laughs) real. That's what I love about the uh, United States and military industrial complex. We play by the rules, you know, we're famous for it. <laughs> but you know, the 1967 act was specifically about nuclear weapons. So yeah. I'm sure that, you know, everybody around the world was like, well, we don't have nukes up there. So, hey, 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 what hey. up, what up? Ooh, hey, hey. So there you go. Uh, directed energy weapons dues mentioned nice. uh, right from uh, a, a public or a, at least an official, semi-official, whatever you want to call it. Can you believe outlet. we've had... Nukes have existed for almost a hundred years now. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Wild. All right. Any more (laughs) updates? One more. Uh, We reported how uh, AstraZeneca uh, stopped their trials because of some complications from some of their test subjects. But, you know, one of the questions we asked when that came out last week was, what was the complication? Well, yeah, according, serious enough to halt the entire project. Yeah. According to scientific American, which is part of our, one of our main stories coming up next here, according to scientific NIH, very concerned about serious side effect in coronavirus vaccine trial. The test was halted when a participant suffered spinal cord damage and U S scientists launched an investigation. A spinal cord damage battle. <laughs> that's pretty serious. How does that? What I mean, that's pretty crazy. That's a that's not a trivial uh, side effect. We're gonna save all of you with this vaccine. Oh, sorry, spinal cord damage. Um, <laughs> I, I highlighted some parts of this article here. I didn't want to read through the whole thing, uh, but it said it says here AstraZeneca, which is running the global trial of the vaccine it produced with Oxford University, said the trial volunteer recovered. From a severe inflammation of the spinal cord and is no longer hospitalized. And even that, I'm like, recovered and severe inflammation. Okay, all right, we'll believe you. But they're not releasing a whole lot of information. 
Transverse myelitis produces a set of symptoms involving inflammation along the spinal cord that can cause pain, muscle mm. weakness, and paralysis. So yeah, you know, just uh, doing doing uh, you know the work for, uh, the the being the subjects for the people. You know they're 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 get saving shots, humanity, folks. The NIH has yet to get tissue or blood samples from the British patient, so he was a Brit or she, and its investigation is quote in the planning stages. They're planning an investigation. Nath said, U.S. scientists could look at samples from other vaccinated patients to see whether any of the antibodies they generated in response to the coronavirus attack uh, or coronavirus also attack brain or spinal cord tissue. So, <laughs> you know what? You know, what's really sad, actually. I mean, this is entertaining to hear, but it's also very sad because the people signing up for these trials I mean, they are fully bought in to oh, the yeah. vaccination thing. I yeah, mean, I know. these are the people who will, you know, they, they the vaccines are totally safe. There's no problem. You crazy anti-vaxxers. I can't believe you would be so ignorant to think that there would be a negative thing about vaccines. So this person in full faith of, you know, science and uh, the mechanisms behind that, the science industry, you know, full faith person thinking this is going to be totally safe. I'm going to save the world. I'm going to be part of, you know, saving humanity. And it's, you know, science would never betray me. And then to be hit with such a very specific and dramatic side effect, it has got to be pretty startling to the worldview of this person. Well, they obviously didn't listen to this podcast because if they had, I tried to tell you, trying to <laughs> tell you, man, such That's studies right. might uh, take a month or two. He said the FDA declined to comment on how long it would take before it decides whether to move forward. Uh, so yeah, there you go. I mean, that's uh, oh, one more paragraph here. More worrisome is a phenomenon called molecular mimicry. Uh, or mimicry, I don't know, mimicry. In such cases, some small piece of the vaccine may be similar to tissue in the brain or spinal cord, resulting in an immune attack on that tissue in response to a vaccine component. Mm -hmm. Such that be the case, another uh, occurrence of transverse myelitis would be likely if the trial resumed, said Dr. William Schaffner, an infectious disease specialist at the Vanderbilt University School of Medicine. A second case would shut down the trial, he said. So um, there you go. It's possible that the volunteer's health problem was a coincidence unrelated to the vaccine, said Dr. Amish Adalja, a senior scholar at the John Hopkins Center for Health Security. Of course, he's going to say that because, you know, John Hopkins are all in with the, the globalists and whatnot. The CIA medical apparatus. Yeah, pretty much. Um, did you say his name was William Schaffner? <laughs> I think it's, yeah, Schaffner, Schaffner. Wow. Let me, let me uh, yeah. <laughs> There's so many jokes, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> Should I read it um, like William Shatner? Was, <laughs> I mean, maybe it was him in like a, a white, you know, coat, just pretending. I wonder how many, how much grief in his life <laughs> comes from people trying to make William Shatner jo jokes. I'm Probably sure too much. I'll spare him. I'll spare you. Well, he's a disease specialist at Vanderbilt University School of Medicine. He's probably played into it as yeah. if he's a professor or something teaching classes. I'm yeah. sure he's he's used it to his advantage or tried to. Anyway, totally irrelevant. Uh, other to the point of uh, 
the NIH concerned, and then the the concern of the the vaccine trial being spinal cord damage, mm-hmm. which uh, I don't know. It's it's serious business. It's serious enough to cause concern without you know people of conspiracy theories having to warn everybody. Got to break a few eggs, guns. <laughs> Apparently, or a few spines. Yeah. 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 All, All right. right. Ready to keep moving? Yes. Let's get into oh. and this is a, another story from Scientific American, but uh this one is a little more troubling, I'd say. Science Woo! is truth. Science is truth. You heard it here first. Scientificamerican.com. Scientific American endorses Joe Biden. We've never backed a president uh, presidential candidate in our 175-year history until now. Uh-oh. Scientific Americans getting political. Scientific American has never endorsed a presidential candidate in its 175-year history. This year, we are compelled to do so. We do not do this lightly. All right, buckle in, Gons, because uh, <laughs> it's going to be a going to be a bumpy ride here. I know. The the evidence and the science show that Donald Trump was uh, has badly damaged the U.S. and its people. Science shows it, Gons. Science shows that Donald Trump has badly damaged the U.S. and its people because he (laughs) go ahead, finish the sentence because he rejects evidence and science. Okay, so what scientific study uh, (laughs) test what hypothesis was brought into the picture to test Donald peer reviewed documents? Yes, uh, shows Donald Trump rejecting evidence and science. I know. As evidence but, and science. There's some circular logic happening here, I feel like. Gonzo, you, we are on the first sentence. We have so <laughs> much more to go. No, no, I'm sorry. The most devastating example is his dishonest and inept response to the COVID-19 pandemic, which cost more than 190,000 Americans their lives by the middle of, by the middle of September. Okay, already a... a disputation uh, in that sentence, but okay, let's keep moving. He has also attacked environmental protections, medical care, and the researchers and public science agencies that helped this country prepare for its greatest challenges. That is why we urge you to vote for Joe Biden, who is offering <laughs> fact-based plans to protect our health, our economy, and our environment. Ooh, I hope we actually hear about these plans, because so far I haven't heard a single plan. I, I think, I've heard him yeah, I think say he he has plans. I think he's doing the presser right now, actually. I mean, we, don't, we, we don't have to go to it, but yeah, I think uh, there was a... It might be interesting to tune in, see if we can catch a... Why don't you line it up, and once it's ready to go, let's we'll see if it's okay. something we want to switch over to. Yeah. Continuing, though, these and other proposals he has put forth... What proposals? <laughs> there are no proposals! Okay, that is why we urge you to vote for Joe Biden, who is offering fact-based plans to protect our health, our economy, and our, our environment. These and other proposals, of which there are none, he has put forth, can set the country back on course for a safer, more prosperous, and more equitable future. New world order. The, pan- <laughs> the pandemic would strain any nation and system. Oh, fair. But Trump's rejection of evidence and public health measures have been catastrophic in the U.S. He was warned many times in January and February about the onrushing disease, yet he did not develop a national strategy <laughs> to provide protective equipment. Well, okay. Sorry. I mean, he did, but also... You know, we don't need to talk about how Obama depleted the N95 uh, supply that was specifically being stockpiled for this reason. But nope, no worries. Okay, what do you got? You got some? Yeah, I'm just, um, I pulled it up on the Hill. 
is doing a, you know, watch live Joe Biden uh, special on developing equitably distributing coronavirus vaccine. So I click play, you know, I try to make sure the sound is off mm-hmm. and it's literally a shaky video camera on an empty podium. <laughs> somebody, <laughs> somebody needs to uh, get with the program over there is on the production lost? team. I don't, I don't know, but there's nobody there. It's just, is there sound? Hold on. Let me see if there's sound. Yeah. There's, there's some background noise. <laughs> it's just a live, <laughs> it's just a live shot of an, of an empty podium. Empty podium. Wow. All right. There keep you going, go, folks. We'll, we'll tune into to Harry Legs Joe there if he shows up. I gotta okay. be honest, Gons, that is the most compelling thing I could have possibly <laughs> imagined for that live stream. He's he's busy uh yeah, anyway. I was gonna I make a, I was gonna he's make a bad... or he's, he forgot. He he forgot. Um keep an eye on it. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I'll just I wanna hear his if he walks on, just interrupt me wherever I am because okay. I want to hear his explanation. Okay. All right. Uh yeah. let's continue with this. The pandemic would strain any nation, any system, but Trump's rejection of evidence and public health measures have been catastrophic in the U.S. He was warned many times in January and February about the onrushing disease, yet did not develop a national strategy to provide protective equipment, coronavirus testing, or clear health guidelines. Testing people for the virus and tracing those they may have infected is how countries in Europe and Asia have gained control over their outbreaks, saved lives and successfully reopened businesses and schools. But in the U.S., Trump claimed falsely that anybody that wants a test can get a test. That was untrue in March and remained untrue through the summer. Trump opposed twenty five billion dollars for. Sorry, I I realize that this video isn't live, but the first hour and a half of this video that they posted on here. Mm-hmm. Is literally an empty podium. <laughs> Hour and a half of empty podium. But I guess Joe shows up around uh, 132, 133. Let's, let's, do you want to hear in or do you want to finish the article first? Uh, let's see what he says. We can always get back to the article. Okay, hold on one moment here. Sorry. I, I mean, I don't know if we want to do the whole thing. but Hour and a half long briefing with seven of what? our nation's top public health experts on the state of the pandemic the steps we need to curb the spread of the virus and the challenges of distributing a a safe and effective vaccine once one is identified. Before I turn to those issues, let me say a few words about the president's comments last night. Even before acknowledging uh, to Bob Woodward on tape that he was fully informed on the gravity of the danger related to COVID-19, he refused to warn the American people. Again, last night, and t- eh, just keep reading the article. I will. Uh, Twenty twenty hindsight, man. That's what all all this uh, criticism about you know him not doing enough in January, yeah. even when everybody he was you know Democrats were in the midst of trying to impeach him. He you know was on top of banning travel from China, et cetera, et cetera. It's all twenty twenty. Uh, hindsight situation and it's nothing it's nothingness anyways moving on trump opposed 25 billion dollars for increased testing and tracing that was in the pandemic relief bill as late as july okay again some misrepresentation there uh he opposed a 25 25 billion dollar uh relief bill because like 75 percent of it was pork 
to be not to be used directly for uh, coronavirus purposes, but okay. These lapses accelerated the spread of the disease through the country, particularly in highly vulnerable communities that include people of color. Of course, we got to make this a racial thing uh, where deaths climbed disproportionately to those in the rest of the population. It wasn't just a testing problem. If almost everyone in the U.S. wore masks in public. Oh, my gosh. It could save about 66,000 lives by the beginning of December, according to projections from the University of Washington School of Medicine. Projections. Okay. Yes, projections. Now, keep in mind, we've had 190, uh, uh, allegedly, uh, of course, everybody on here knows the problems with these numbers, so we don't need to repeat them. But uh, we're at 190,000 lives in seven, uh, well, let's just call it nine months. And now they're saying we're going to lose 66,000, which would be, I don't know, 40%, 40% more deaths uh, in a, a month, two months. Okay, whatever you say. Such a strategy would hurt no one. It would close no business. It would cost next to nothing. But Trump and his vice president flouted local masks, mask rules, making it a point not to wear masks themselves in public appearances. Uh, so of all the Democrats, Biden, Pelosi, uh, uh, what's her face? Trump has openly supported people who ignored governors in Michigan and California and elsewhere as they tried to impose social distancing and restrict public activities to control the virus. So uh, Trump doesn't believe in <laughs> uh, uh, disobeying the Constitution in order to control the public. So he's evil. <laughs> He encouraged governors in Florida, Arizona, and Texas who resisted these public health measures, saying in April, uh, f again, falsely, that the worst days of the pandemic are behind us and ignoring infectious disease experts who warned at the time of a dangerous rebound if safety measures were loosened. And of course, the rebound came with cases across the nation rising by 46% and deaths increasing by 21% in June. Some obviously disputed numbers. Poor coronavirus motorcycle crash guy. The states that followed Trump's misguidance posted new daily highs and higher percentages of positive tests than those that did not. Uh, only if you don't count New York and California are those numbers true. By early July, several hospitals and Texas were full of COVID-19 patients. Again, calling them full is incorrect. Uh, the way that they run these stats is a hospital will make a certain amount of beds available, specifically coronavirus. Usually, you know, it's about a dozen beds uh, for a big hospital, uh, not counting, you know, the other couple hundred beds that they have. But if those 12 beds fill up, then they call it uh, a full you know, hospital full of coronavirus patients. So there's some statistical lying there as well. States had to close up again at tremendous economic cost, but, but about 31% of workers were laid off a second time. Uh, following the giant wave of unemployment, more than 30 million people and countless shuttered businesses that had already decimated the country. Again, uh, the unemployment and the shuttered businesses are because of shutdowns, not 
in spite of shutdowns. Uh, so kind of flipping some double speak there, flipping the tables on the cause of closed businesses. At every stage, Trump has rejected the unmistakable lesson that controlling the disease, not downplaying it, is the path to economic reopening and recovery. Um Trump repeatedly lied to the public about the deadly threat of the disease, saying it was not a serious concern. This is like a flu. Okay, again, uh, go back to January, February, March, where all uh, mainstream media, especially places like CNN, MSNBC, NBC, places like that, uh, all of those liberal outlets were downplaying, telling you not to wear masks and, uh, you know, schluffing off the whole thing. So everybody was in lockstep, whether they like it or not. I think they I think it hurts them to know that they were agreeing with Trump back then. And so they got to, you know, flip it on its head again. Uh, when he knew it was more lethal and highly transmissible, according to his taped statements to journalist Bob Woodward. His lies encouraged people to engage in risky behavior, spreading the virus further. And he, yes, his lies encouraged people to engage in risky behavior, like uh, rioting and protesting and <laughs> gathering in hundreds of thousands uh, out in the open and shouting at each other. Uh, and have driven wedges between Americans who take the threat seriously and those who believe Trump's falsehoods. The White House even produced a memo attacking the expertise of the nation's leading infectious disease physician, Anthony Fauci, Daddy Fauci, in a despicable attempt to sow further <laughs> distrust. There's so much science in this article. I can't I can't I handle it. It's just it's so much science. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's what drives me nuts about this article is every single uh, not every single, I, I won't even exaggerate many me, The majority of the claims that they've made thus far are easily debunked by an individual who actually looks at those flat facts and claims individually without having the, uh, the manipulation of statistics, yeah. um, you know, by a media outlet. Um, how's Biden doing over there? Anything interesting? No, I'm not, I have not, I'm not even watching it anymore. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I was trying so, to get the captions on there, but it's not, there's no captions. It's not working. So, yeah, I don't know what he's so saying. So here's the thing. Uh, this article goes on for about 10 more paragraphs, and it's going to take us the entire show to go through it and respond yeah. to everything. Yeah. Did you have anything specifically highlighted or, or anything that you wanted to, to hit directly? Because I'm telling yeah. you, I mean, the, the whole article is exactly... We won't be able to make it through in the show. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I didn't have anything specific, but what I did want to point out is that this is a very prime example of the Smith-Mund Modernization Act of 2013, where mm -hmm. uh, legalized domestic propaganda uh, is in full view. You know, and you, uh, I, I was reading up on so, not just the bill, but some articles about the bill and a and a political science essay on the bill, which was taking up a majority of my morning. Um, mm -hmm. But it, it talks about the history of the, the Smith-Mund modernization or just the Smith-Mund Act from 1948 and how they were trying to uh, make sure that, you know, uh, the propaganda that they used in foreign countries would not be used in, in, against the U.S. citizens and how information technology completely changed all that. And, you know, a lot of it became obsolete. So they had to try to uh, create different parameters there was a, right. a bill in 2005, uh, Truth of the Report, or Truth of Media. I can't remember the exact name. Truth in Media. Truth in Media. It was something along those lines. And they were trying to 
create laws that would hold, you know, outlets, not just the government, but a lot of the news outlets accountable uh, for, you know, a type of propaganda. And it didn't pass. They actually changed the language and it got much less specific on things. And, mm-hmm. um, and the fact that so much of this, I mean, somebody paid for this. Somebody paid uh, some people at Scientific American to endorse a candidate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, some of it might be public if you, uh, if you dig hard enough, I'm sure you can find it. But uh, this type of thing, and especially because, and this is really the proof here, the, the evidence, a lot, of, uh, a lot of the things that are mentioned here in this article are hyperlinked. Uh, and most of it, there was a couple to the CDC or whatever, but most of it is to other news agencies, New York times, their own articles from scientific American, which in their mind is giving them, uh, credibility. Right. But it's almost like a, it's a big circular argument because they're just sort of pointing back at their own Washington post. Um, let's see what else we have, uh, healthdata.org. New York Times, there's a bunch of New York Times, uh, San Francisco Chronicle. So it's just all media. It's, it's media right. uh, uh, verifying their, their claims. Yeah, no with media. studies, no scientific no, no studies, studies, no links to papers, no links to, you know, the actual science. It's all links to, yeah, the yeah. mainstream and, media. And that, that type of propaganda, which is what this is, that type of propaganda is what was being used a lot of times in foreign countries. If you go back you know, a few decades, a lot of like foreign news about the U.S. was about like, oh, see, like the, this particular outlet said this and da da da. And if you do a study on the history of news media in the last yeah. twenty years, you see a clear difference in how uh, the media, especially outlets like Scientific American, report their information using what they used to do with foreign or yeah with foreign propaganda which is sort right. of like a, again, like a circular argument type of thing where they just sort of right. confirm so each to, other. Just, just to help clarify that a little bit, it's uh, declassified. It's known. There's books. There's people talking about it, ex-CIA people, where their whole job would be to, you know, be embedded in someplace like uh, wherever, the Congo or something. Right. And they would become reporters or journalists in the Congo and they can, you know, where there's a lot less sort of scrutiny on the media, where they would put out an article that, uh, you know, helps further some sort of agenda. They would publish it in the whatever G- Congo Gazette. Right. And then that then becomes a source for American media where they can say it was reported in the Congo Gazette that this happened. And so we need to go to war uh, or whatever. Um, where, you know, it, it can be completely fabricated, but because uh, they reference an, in, you know, a, an overseas news source, it's considered a source. And so it, it just allows them to basically lie, which is legal uh, for the government to do now. Thank you very much. Um, and so, yeah, there you go. That's how the system works. It worked for a long time and still works today. Right. I saw somebody in the chat mention, uh, why isn't anybody talking about QAnon getting busted. And I did find an article from Bloomberg. QAnon website shuts down after NJ Mann identified as operator and uh, a New Jersey man. And his mm. name was Jason something. I think this is the guy that when we were doing our whole exposés on it earlier this year, mm-hmm. somebody who contacted me saying that uh, 
this guy, Jason, I'm trying to find his name here, was behind QAnon. And if we wanted to interview him because his whole thing was not for it to go all out of control like it did. Hmm. And uh, it was weird because I, I kind of said, well, I'll think about it. You know, I'll, I'll, we'll see, you know, but whatever. I wasn't like super all about that. Uh, but well, then, we get a lot of those types of emails. Right. And, and his response was like, oh, sorry, I need to uh, clarify with my, with my boss or something. And I was like, hmm. your, your boss? Like, what, what are you talking? And so anyway, or administration or something. It was something weird. And I was like, all right, that's bizarre in general. So uh, I don't know. And I don't know what website went down. Like it, if, if a website, QAnon website went down, it doesn't mean the actual QAnon, which is supposed to be anonymous, is yeah. you know, taken out. But anyway, sorry, sidetrack there. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah, sidetrack. Um, but yeah, uh, yes, the, the whole, yeah, you were talking about the, the, how the propaganda machine operated overseas and how that methodology is now um, you know, deployed in the U.S. in, in earnest. 2012, yeah. 2013. And yeah, that, that's really the point here. And, and on top of it, you know, we've talked about this before. Daddy Fauci. Science is truth. Is not a scientific statement. You know, that's, right. that's a really important point to, to keep repeating because I know a lot of people, for a lot of people, science is their God. Scientism, you know, right. uh, saying science can find all truth, but science requires a whole lot of presuppositions and uh, predetermined factors to be consistent for it to work. You need logic yeah. to work. You need numbers to work. You know, so uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, there's a lot of things wrong with the idea of science being this sort of yeah. uh, and god. To, uh, there's one more thing I want to read in this uh, article, mm -hmm. but I want to be clear just so nobody gets it twisted. I mean, we're not. Trump supporters. We're not Republicans. We're not, you know, this isn't, uh, we're simply responding to the, the belligerence of scientific American here. Right, right, right. Uh, you know, this, uh, so there you go. Just so you know, now there was this one section that said, while Trump threatened to withhold money from school districts that did not reopen, regardless of the danger from the virus, Biden wants to spend 34 billion to help schools conduct safe in-person instruction, as well as remote learning. So let's just break this down logically. So there's talking about how Trump threatened to withhold money from school districts that did not reopen. Okay. Well, if the school district is not reopening, why do they need money? You, why would you just give them free money for not opening? The whole point would be <laughs> to give them money so they can reopen. Right. Um, and then it continues. Uh, Biden wants to spend $34 billion to help schools conduct safe in-person instruction as well as remote learning. So what they're saying is Trump didn't want to give free money. He wanted to give money to schools to reopen, but he's evil. But Biden wants to give money to schools to reopen. So he's good. <laughs> it's just like the rhetoric of this the the twisty, turny, double speak, mind control nonsense, which is easy to uh, I mean, it's expertly crafted. Whoever whoever wrote this is an expert in their craft uh, because you can put side by side. Trump wants to give money to schools who reopen 
and Biden wants to give money to schools who reopen right next to each other. And one is evil and one is, you know, the Messiah. It's wild. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And it's, uh, it's pretty much, um, uh, propaganda, which is part of our new jingle here. State sponsored propaganda machinery. <laughs> I love that. That's my new favorite uh, jingle, I think. Yeah. That's uh, a yeah. second half of that is, um, Oh, totally blanking on the name. Uh, Churchill. Churchill saying propaganda machinery. State sponsored propaganda machinery. <laughs> oh, good old Churchill. Yep. Oh, somebody in the chat says, I want to give money to Basil and Gantz. That's, that's the best news I've heard all day. <laughs> Thank we'll, you, producer. We'll, we'll, teach, we'll teach you how to do that in just a moment. Um, okay. Well, I think we need to move on because time is a flat circle. And also and triangular with an all-seeing eye at the top. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> what do you got next? We have some Chinese news. Welcome to Chinese news! This is on distinctToday.net, but it was actually, I, I originally saw it published on New York Times, uh, but I could not read it because of the paywall. China-backed hackers broke into 100 firms and agencies, U.S. says. Washington, the Justice Department said on Wednesday that a group of hackers associated with China's main intelligence service had infiltrated more than 100 companies and organizations around the world to steal intelligence, hijack their networks, and extort their victims. Whoa. I wonder if, uh, um, what's his name? William Steele was working for the Will Chinese. William Steele. Uh, the United States government presented the allegations in a set of three dis uh, indictments unsealed on Wednesday that showed the scope and sophistication of China's attempts to unlawfully advance its economy and to become the dominant global superpower through cyber attacks. The indictments also said some of the hackers had worked with Malaysian nationals to steal and launder money through the video game industry, which is uh, something to point out, by the way. Video games have been a massive platform for secret agents to use CIA, FBI, all these guys to use to communicate. Did you yeah. know this Basil? <laughs> Do you know this? You heard about this? Did you know this? Yes. Yes. Okay, good. I have. All right, good. Uh, quote, the Chinese government has made a deliberate choice to allow its citizens to commit computer intrusions and attacks around the world because these actors will also help the PRC deputy attorney general Jeffrey A. Rosen said, referring to the People's Republic of China in a news conference where he announced the charges. The acting U.S. attorney of the District of Columbia, Michael R. Sherwin, said some of the perpetrators viewed their association with China as providing, quote, free license to hack and steal across the globe. The hackers, Zhang Haoran, Tan Dailin, Zhang Lizhi, uh, or Lizhai, Qian Chuan, and Fu <laughs> Fu Kyung, Fu Kyung, uh, targeted social media and other technology companies, universities, government agencies, and nonprofits, according to the indictments. They also, or they had such reach, uh, what, what? They had such reach partly because they used a so-called supply chain attack that enabled them to break into software companies and embed malicious code in their products. Once those products were installed in other systems, the hackers could use the code that they had planted. To break in the attack described by Justice Department officials on Wednesday was among the first supply chain attacks publicly revealed in the U.S. indictment of Chinese nationals. 
Some of the Chinese hackers also worked with two Malaysian businessmen to use video game platforms to steal from the companies and launder illegal proceeds. The businessmen, Wang Onghua and Ling Yang Ching, were, all, uh, were arrested on Monday and Malaysia officials said. The criminal computer activity in the hackers had been traced by cyber researchers under the group, uh, the group names Advanced Persistent Threat 41, Barium, Winty, Wicked Panda, and Ooh. Panda Spider, officials said. Panda Spider. Panda Spider. That's the most terrifying creature I've ever heard about. <laughs> Are you part of Wicked Panda? No, I'm, I'm Panda Spider. Panda Spider. They compromised video quote. They compromised video game distributors to proliferate malware, which could then be used for follow-up operations, said John Holquist, a cybersecurity expert. The group, known initially as Wicked Spider, to researchers at CrowdStrike, the California cybersecurity firm, seemed to be hacking for profit. But started in late 2015, there was a notable shift. The group, which had been predominantly targeting gaming companies, shifted to a long list of companies in the United States, Germany, Hong Kong, Japan, South Korea, and Taiwan that operated in agriculture, hospitality, chemicals, manufacturing, and technology whose uh, intellectual property would assist China's official five-year plan, the nation's top-level policy blueprint. Their techniques changed as well. In the past, the group was known to use similar malware across attacks, but that year, its hackers started pursuing a more sophisticated set of supply chain attacks. By late 2016, researchers concluded that the hackers they had known as Wicked Spider were operating at the behest of the Chinese state and changed their moniker to Wicked Panda. Panda was CrowdStrike's moniker for hacking groups that acted on orders from the Chinese government. As the indictments were announced on Wednesday, researchers applauded the effort, quote, The United States government is starting to turn the tide on Chinese intrusion operations on Western companies and targets, said Adam Myers, CrowdStrike's head of threat intelligence. Verizon, Microsoft, Facebook, and Alphabet, the parent company of Google, helped the government in its investigation. Mm, yay. Um, yeah, they're so good. Uh, Verizon, Microsoft, Facebook, Alphabet, they're just such good American citizens that they helped take down the, the Wicked Panda. <laughs> Should have renamed the episode. That's racist, man. They can't be talking like that. Or Panda Spider. What is it? Yeah. Spider Panda. Spider Panda, whatever. <laughs> Either way, it's, it's, it's all about the panda, Basil. All yeah, about those so pandas. So, you know, this is just another aspect of the narrative that we've been hearing for four years, because, I mean, of course, we've known China's consistently, uh, you know, probing uh, and committing hacking attacks on the U.S. all the time. It's not any sort of surprise. But of course, in the 2016 election, of course, uh, Russia has become this cyber superpower that just has complete control of the country through hackers, which uh, has been debunked just an innumerable amount of times. And uh, now we're coming in with uh, China. China's getting in on the game, man. Yep, China, and well, I'm sure Russia's involved with with some stuff, but not the way the are. media was spinning everything. Obviously, I don't know. Uh, so, uh, what's the big takeaway from this here? The big takeaway is spider pandas and wicked pandas. <laughs> you gotta watch out for them, wicked spider pandas or whatever. Um, I don't know. I think I think it's uh, pay for cybersecurity, people. Yeah, you pay need, for if, cybersecurity. If, 
If you're not paying for cybersecurity, you are not cyberly secure. Um, I know it sucks to pay for the software that you don't even realize is working, um, but you need it. You need to be paying for it. And we don't do advertising here. There's a lot of good options. If we were smart, we'd have some sort of uh, affiliate program and find the best for you. Um, but we don't. But we, uh, uh, I use a suite of different companies and different security uh, softwares because, uh, you know, it's just good to catch a wide net. Right. And, you know, there was a VPN company that wanted to advertise with us a while ago, but we, uh, mm-hmm. we chose not to based on our value for value model here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, um, there's a lot of good virtual private networks that you can do to sort of obfuscate your IP address. It's not perfect, but it's a start. And um, yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before about the privacy aspect of being online. Sure. And it's it's not perfect. There are ways for people to find you either way, especially if you have a cell phone, they can they can track you down. Yeah. Uh but hey, you know what? Uh I'll give all these, you know, crazy companies, the the ones that were listed at the bottom here, I'll give them um I don't know, an eighth of a cookie for helping okay. the US take down the 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 monkey spider panda. <laughs> it's spider panda guns, don't uh... I'm more curious about what you know, who snitched? Like, what, what did they figure out? How did they basically uh, discover that these were the people behind, you know, like enough to have an no, indictment? No, I don't know. Probably some sort of just forensics or, or double agent or something. Um, but, you know, I'm going to say we should, uh, we should keep moving on the show because I'm looking at the time here. And yeah, you have a yeah, very yeah. hard out today. Yeah. Do you want to take a break first and then hit uh, some beast system news? Or what do you think? Um, I think we can go through this B system real quick here. It's not okay. super long, but let me hit me uh, with those jingles. All right, here we go. Speaking of the B system, it's kind of biblical. This is coming from MSN.com. The article is titled Trump hosts Israel, UAE and Bahrain at White House signing ceremony. And uh, ceremony is is a real is a real doozy of a word for this. Gons, are you ready? Proclaiming that, quote, there's going to be peace in the Middle East. President Trump hosted Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu of Israel and the foreign ministers of United Arab Emirates and Bahrain at the White House on Tuesday for the formal signing of new diplomatic accords between them. The ceremony will take place on the White House's South Lawn. I like how they always got to tell us like which lawn it's going to happen on. Uh, which <laughs> I wonder if anyone gets mad. What, what about the grass? North Lawn? Why do you always uh, ignore the North Lawn? We can't go on the North Lawn. The ceremony will take place on the White House's South Lawn. Maybe it's like he's a racist. He's on the South <laughs> he's Lawn. He's on the South side. The south, yeah. <laughs> Confederate Lawn, more like it. Huh, Trump? <laughs> Uh, The ceremony will take place, oh my gosh, on the White House's South Lawn to mark an agreement that has become a focal point of the president's foreign policy message in the closing weeks of the 2020 presidential campaign. Although the details remain unknown, well, not really. I mean, the Abraham Accords, you can read them. The agreement will normalize diplomatic relations between Israel and UAE and Bahrain, including the establishment of the first embassies in one another's countries. Israel and the UAE recently announced the start of the first commercial flights between them. Until now, Israel had normal relations with only two other Arab states, Jordan and Egypt. The staging of the event, staging of the event seemed designed to invoke the scene 25 years 
ago in the same location when President Bill Clinton brokered an agreement and iconic handshake between Prime Minister Yitzhak Rabin of Israel and Palestinian leader Yasser Arafat. Interestingly enough, Gans, I grew up in the church, uh, especially mm-hmm. churches that had uh, uh, a a uh, what is it eschatological uh, view on things. Yeah, end timesy type of thing. So I was aware of a lot of the uh, you know the signs to keep an eye out for uh, signs of the end times. And I remember I must have been so dang young, but uh, I remember when Bill Clinton brokered this agreement between um, Israel and uh, Palestine. And, you know, of course, back then I was a kid, it was all very simplified, but I knew that peace in the Middle East was like part of the steps of the end times. Mm -hmm. And so when I saw Bill Clinton, you know, brokering this peace between Israel and Palestine, I was like, oh, that's it. The end of the world (laughs) is coming. You're six and you're all, it's over. Yeah, let's see. Down. I must have been around eight, eight or ten, something around there. And I was like, oh, it's the time. It's happening. Anyways, moving on. But many analysts of the region, while affording Mr. Trump credit for helping to broker the agreement, work spearheaded by his son-in-law and senior advisor Jared Kushner, called the talk of peace overblown. They note that Israel has long been moving into a de facto alliance with the Persian Gulf Sunni Arab states, largely in common cause against Shiite Iran. I love this. They're like, oh, peace in the Middle East. It's been a constant struggle for (laughs) decades and decades, and nobody thought it was even possible. But don't give them too much credit. They were already going to do it. Uh, Sure. Okay. Quote, it's not conflict resolution and it's not peace. This is a business deal, said Jeremy Ben-Ami, the president of J Street, a liberal uh, pro-Israel advocacy group, sharply critical of Mr. Netanyahu. Quote, it's very, very clear that there are aligned interests between Israel and these countries. Military, security, diplomatic, economic, and those interests have been in there for two decades. What does this man think peace is if not a business deal? <laughs> yeah, that's what what I was in the say. world is making peace with a country if it's not going to benefit both countries militarily, security, diplomatically, and economically? What in the world is this guy talking about? Moving on, the quote <laughs> continues. This formalizes that, but it shouldn't be overplayed as resolving a core conflict for Israel with its neighbors, he added. Israel's decades-old conflict with the Palestinians, he said, quote, remains unaddressed with this agreement. Okay, okay, baby steps, man. Give him a second. Give him a second. Give the man a second to work. Meeting with Mr. Netanyahu in the Oval Office, Mr. Trump presented Mr. Netanyahu with a large golden key embedded in a wooden box that he describes as a key to the White House, a key to our country. Oh, geez. The quote uh, continues, you have the key to the hearts of the people of Israel, Mr. Netanyahu replied. This is peace in the Middle East without blood all over the sand, Mr. Trump added, which I'm just waiting. Sorry, (laughs) Sorry. I'm trying to play this without the sound here. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm just waiting for somebody to call that statement uh, racist. You know, the Middle East isn't just all sand, Trump. (laughs) They have dirt, too. They have grass. 
Right. Speaking on Fox News's Fox and Friends on Tuesday morning, Mr. Trump boasted that Tuesday's event was just the beginning of grander things to come. Um, so there you go, Gons. I'm going to pause so we can talk about this large golden key, the key to the country, because I'm sure you have opinions about this. Uh, well, first off, you know, I feel like Israel had already had some kind of cyber backdoor, at least assisting in the United States endeavors for a long time. Yep. But, uh, you know, uh, it's kind of weird to give the keys to the White House, the keys to the country, to yeah. a foreign leader. You I mean, any, any so leader. F- it, it, it could be, I mean, Israel, obviously, mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot there. But just any, anybody. It's a very strange thing. I mean, I was trying to look up, is, is there a history of this? Uh, I couldn't find any. Maybe somebody in the chat knows about the history of handing keys to the country. Yeah. Well, you do it to the you White know, House. American towns and municipalities, they do this all the time. You know, if there's a local hero, he'll be given the key right. to the town. Key to the town. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, your key to the city for, you know, firefighters or something like that. That's, that's kind of a common thing. And I think it's funny because Trump, you know, being a real estate guy, you know, right. Opening up new towers and stuff, you know, he'll, he'll give a key to the, Trump tower to somebody who, you know, was involved in the deal or something sort of a ceremonial thing. I would love to do a deep dive on to see what the actual ceremony, where this comes from. It really feels like a pretty occulty type of uh, thing, you know, to hand over the golden key yeah. uh, to someone in particular during a ceremony. Yeah. And in th- this type of thing really plays into some of my, my views behind uh, certain eschatological things, uh, specifically pertaining to Mystery Babylon in mm-hmm. the Book of Revelation, and I know there's going to be people that disagree, and that's fine. But uh, I tend to think that, uh, based on just strict biblical interpretation, that Mystery Babylon is the eschatological Jerusalem, not necessarily modern current Jerusalem, mm-hmm. although you know some some can argue that point. Uh, but an end times Jerusalem, and and I feel that there is pretty strong biblical evidence that the Antichrist will present himself as sort of a Jewish Messiah type of person. Sure. And so uh, you you read in you know Revelation seventeen eight and, and eighteen about mystery Babylon fornicating with the kings of the earth, and mm. you know it just reminded me when I saw first saw this. That's what first came to my mind. It was like, wow, this is truly a. And, you know, the biggest world power in the United States currently, um, yeah. you know, handing over the keys. Yeah, it's giving the sort country. of unrestricted access yeah. you know, in a ceremonial sense. And, you know, again, this Israel thing is so complicated. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot there. But really, the president giving any country the key to the White House is pretty disturbing. <laughs> I know. It's just a weird just a weird thing, man. It's uh, oh man, we've got some naughty people in the chat today. We do, <laughs> yeah. D- <laughs> about where this, what this key might unlock. Oh, um, we okay. won't uh, get into it. Okay. But I see you. I see you, <laughs> sinners. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I wanted to mention that because it, it, with all the stuff that is happening with peace deals and you know new embassy in Jerusalem and and all that stuff. There is obviously anytime Israel or the land uh, that surrounds that area 
is uh, is mentioned or talked about, it's going to have prophetic undertones no matter what, because that's the geographical area where a lot of the prophecies are focused on. So, you know, it's it's just one of those things to keep an eye on. But in terms of uh, symbolically, again, just just strange. Yeah. Keep an eye on this stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I th- it would be interesting to do a, a deep dive into the giving of the key thing. But there you go. The article goes on. And of course, just taking every opportunity to downplay this uh, achievement of Trump because we can't give him such a... He's been nominated for two Nobel Peace Prizes for this. Wow. And yeah, two now. And of course, you know, we can't let him have it. We can't let him have a win. <laughs> We cannot let this guy have a W, apparently. No. Um, Okay. I think it's time for a quick break, Guns. Quick break. Okay, here we go. It's break time. Okay, everybody, don't go anywhere because after the break, we got some more stories. Uh, Depending on time, we see what we'll get into, but definitely we'll keep you posted on a new beast system development about some self-powered biosensor medical tracking devices, which is uh, especially relevant, I think. So stick around after the break. But before that, we want to thank some of our producers and new followers over on Twitch. Gons, you got your dinger ready? I'm going to zoom through here. It's preparing. It's ready. Preparing, prepping, prepping. There we go. Stevy. Thank you, Stevy. Stevy. We got Rogan95. Joe Rogan? <laughs> Finally wish. listening to the show. <laughs> Finally, Rogan. Come on, man. Uh, Miss Etiquette Essentials. Ooh, sounds like someone my wife would hang out with. <laughs> I'm going to tell her you said that. <laughs> you could tell her. That's fine. She'll, <laughs> Basil's she'll Twitter it. friend. Oh. I've got a Twitter friend following on oh, Twitch. Thank nice. you very much. Loop Dog the Free Frog. All right. Dog and a frog. Mi- yeah. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Wonderful Guy. Hey. Yeah. Lily 700. Lily. Kimmy Kimco. And that is it. Thank you to our new Twitch followers. We love it when you follow us on Twitch. It is uh, one of the most reliable ways to get your notifications for when we get live. And uh, their technology seems to be a little bit better than YouTube as far as the streaming quality goes, as well as the uh, dependability of the platform. And we're not shadow banned and demonetized and, and, and. So uh, if you want to support us, following us on Twitch is a great way to do that. Um, and it's good for you. It's good for you. It's good for us. Good for everybody around. And Twitch has the best emojis. Uh, if you watch the chat go by, the Twitch users, they got just a, a wealth of emoji use that YouTube viewers just don't get. Um, next, I want to thank some producers of the show. That's right. We got producers, folks, because this is the real world. If you help support a piece of media to be created financially, then you are a producer. This is no donation, no alms for the poor, although it definitely is. But uh, if you help support the show, you are a producer of the show. You can put it on your resume. Uh, Give them our email. We will vouch for you. Uh, You can be a podcast producer of Canary Cry Radio. And to do this, you can head over to patreon.com slash CCNT. That's a great way to do it. And uh, here's the thing, folks. Just if you haven't listened before, let me explain it to you. We have had many of an opportunity to advertise on the show, but we have a deep 
a spiritual and philosophical problem with advertising. It is the reason, one of the reasons why the world is in such shambles and media and news and social media and everything is just a total mess. Uh, it's looking like, uh, you know, a California apocalypse on the internet because of advertising. When you take advertisers money, you are then, uh, held to account to be brand friendly. You can't say the things you want to say. You can't talk about the things that need to be talked about all because of these advertisers stranglehold on the media creators content. And so we decided we must not, we shall not take advertising money. It was probably the worst business decision we've ever made, but instead we, uh, we give people the opportunity to rebel against the mind control global theology that is advertising. It really is mind control. You, those who have studied marketing, worked in marketing, you're literally just sitting in meetings trying to figure out how to mind control people into giving you their money. We're not into that. Instead, we try to create a quality show that brings value to your life. And uh, now's an opportunity for you. Do some praying, do some soul searching. And if Canary Cry News Talk brings any any value to your life at all, consider supporting the show um, because it's it's the it's the it's integrity. It's an integrity issue uh, for us and I believe for our producers as well. And you can do that by going to patreon.com slash CCNT is a good way to do that. Gons, it's gonna be a quick segment. We have I'm reloading here. Nope. As of now, zero new producers uh, on Patreon. That doesn't happen often, but it happens once in a while. And it makes me a little sad, but that's okay. You know, we're, we're, we're going to do what we're going to do. So no new producers over on Patreon.com slash CCNT. Shed a little tear. Pour one out for the homies. I'm heading over to Patreon.com slash Canary Cry Radio, which is an alternate look in here. And nope, just deletions. Man, this is a hard month. So no producers on either uh, Patreon account. But here's the thing, folks. If you don't like Patreon, that's okay. We've got CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. That's right, everybody. Um, CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. People don't like, you know, if you don't like Patreon, that's okay. You can head over there. We've got PayPal options. You can come in for monthly support amount, or if commitment is not your thing, you can make a one-time donation in any amount. And there's some cryptocurrency and all sorts of fun ways to support the show that way as well. Uh, Gons, tell yes. me, do we have, a, give me some good news. Oh, I got some, I got some real good news for you, Basil, because- Huzzah! We had some people come in, coming strong, some strong producers uh, coming into PayPal. We have Nicholas coming in real, real Man, hot. Nicholas. Thank you very much, producer Nicholas. We also had Tristan come in with Tr the producership. Tristan. And uh, we had a $33 support, which uh, people just picked up on. We did not request it, but people have been doing <laughs> it. An it's organic movement. Organic movement from Steven. Steven, our 33 producer for today. Thank you very much, Steven. Steven! And <laughs> last but not least, 
a huge donation that really, I mean, I almost fell out of my chair with this one <laughs> from uh, Jason. Thank you, Jason. producer Jason. Thank you, producer Jason. Uh, you get the executive producership for today's show. So everybody, thank all of our producers. Uh, chat, let's go. Let's hear it for him. Thank you guys so much. We cannot do the show if it wasn't for our producers. Um, and you know, a little bit uh, was a little bit disappointed to see the Patreon numbers, but uh, you guys made up for it on the PayPal. I'm seeing some chat. Some people who are feeling convicted. Um, you know, and accusing us of shaming and blaming and uh, guilt tripping here. You know what? It, that's on you, man. That's on you guys. <laughs> Look, we do this show. We do it for free. We put it out. We do it a lot and we do it. I think we do a pretty good job with it. So, you know, we just got to do what we got to do. And uh, if you're feeling uh, convicted about that, you know, just bring that to the prayer closet. Um, Okay. Who else we got as producers, Gons? We did not have any jingles come in, but we did okay. have artwork come in. One art, please. <laughs> and uh, of course, it's from Ali. Ali. Gazel and Bonds in the chat. And her artwork today, Stab or Basil Stabman Rosewater. <laughs> with, uh, with the one eye. You have little dinosaur arms. <laughs> okay, okay. I, this is making sense now. I get it. Yeah, this uh <laughs> I'm like a lizard person. I'm like a, oh, okay. All right. This is a episode specific. So if you're new to the show, let me explain this piece of art to you. <laughs> Last show was a rowdy one. I did my my dinosaur impressions, my T-Rex, my Raptor. We talked about the London uh machete man getting stabbed by a narwhal horn and uh, one of my googly eyes fell off during the show. So Ali has successfully uh, portrayed all of this in one piece of art, Basil Stabman Rosewater. There's me uh, standing there. There's a cat at my feet. I've got rap Velociraptor arms um, <laughs> because of my great dinosaur impression. And me and the cat are Stab holding- cat. Stabcat. We are holding narwhal horns <laughs> ready to defend London Bridge from a machete wielding terrorist. You know, it's, this it's, one's great. It's the details that really makes, you know, Ali's artwork great. You have the SM for stab man on your mm -hmm. chest, on your shirt. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah. Okay, yes. Yes, Allie, very uh, detail-oriented. Thank you very much. Gazelin Bonds in the chat. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure seeing what uh, gets produced by our, our youngest producer. That we know of. That we know of, yeah. yes. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Allie. And that's it. That's it. Yeah. That's all of it. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much to all of our producers. And please remember us again for next show, which will be on Friday. Uh, Friday will be kind of exciting, Gons, because I will be, uh, for the first time, setting up the mobile uh, video podcasting rig. Oh. Of course, I've done many mobile podcasts. I will be out of town, but don't worry, Gonzo. I know this is the first year hearing about it. Yeah. I'll be out of town, but I will have the full rig with me. Um, there should be no uh, no difference, hopefully. You're going to have the, uh, the, the green portal in the back and yep, your Google I'm bringing the green helmet. screen. I'm doing everything. Oh, yeah. 
That's a great question. I got to set up. Yeah, I got to set up the Oculus on my laptop. Um, but yes, hopefully you won't even notice, but I will be uh, on the road doing mobile video podcasting. It'll. I'm, I'm a trailblazer, Gons. I always have been. <laughs> Until somebody walks by the window and looks in and sees. <laughs> yes. It's kind of like when you did the, 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 the puppets, the sock puppets. Yes. And you had your yes. existential crisis. The famous sock puppets. Yeah. Yes, very good. Um, so there you go. Again, thank you to all our producers. We could not do the show without you. Um, you are the best around, and ain't nobody ever going to get you down. Um, Sounds like lyrics. I think it's time to wake up, Gons, right? Uh, yes, right before we do, uh, continuous thank you to That Night Wind, still putting the timestamps mm. on the Face Like the Sun channel. Yes. So I appreciate that. Thank you, That Night wind and also if you uh feel obliged leave a rating and a review on apple podcast or any of the podcatchers that you are used to and don't add a break yes it's wake up time hey y'all wake up oh wake okay um welcome back to the show everybody let's see let's look at the time well we can, we can fly through i i can go I can you want to do, do both? We can do it. We can do it. Okay. All right. You take the first one then. State-sponsored propaganda machinery. And since propaganda is the theme today, uh, I do want to mention, uh, I'll, I'll explain myself here. This is theguardian.com. Nearly two-thirds of U.S. young adults unaware six million Jews killed in the Holocaust. Hmm. According to survey of adults 18 through 39, 23% said they believe the Holocaust was a myth, had been exaggerated, or they weren't sure. And uh, let's see, almost two-thirds of young American adults do not know that 6 million Jews were killed during the Holocaust, and more than one in 10 believe Jews caused the Holocaust. A new survey has found revealing shocking levels of ignorance about the greatest crime of the 20th century. And uh, I, I don't know if we're going by the, the number of people killed. Is that the greatest number? Anyway, well, according to the question. study, yeah, according to the study of millennial and Gen Certainly Z adults, horrible. it is horrible. Uh, I'm not downplaying it, but I don't, I don't know if it was, uh, uh, there's, there's other yeah, regimes that um, did some killing. Yeah. Stalin, I forget the number of Stalin, but yeah, Mao killed 10 million of his people. Yeah. Yeah. A good amount. I think it was more the than 10 thing. million. But anyway, according to the study of millennial and Gen Z adults aged between 18 and 39, almost half 48% could not name a single concentration camp or ghetto established during the second world war. Hmm. Almost a quarter of respondents, 23% said they believe the Holocaust was a myth or had been exaggerated, or they weren't sure. One in eight, 12% said they had definitely not heard or didn't think they had heard about the Holocaust. More than half, 56%, said they had seen Nazi symbols on their social media platforms and or in their communities. And almost half, 49%, had seen Holocaust denial or distortion posts on social media or elsewhere online. Hmm. I wonder what qualifies as that. Yeah, and, and that's part of the issue here. Quote, the results are both shocking and saddening, and they underscore why we must act now while Holocaust survivors are still with us to voice their stories, said Gideon Taylor, mm -hmm. president of the Conference of Jewish Material Claims Against Germany, claims conference, which 
commissioned the survey. So they commissioned the survey. Taylor added, quote, we need to understand why we aren't doing better in educating a younger generation about the Holocaust and the lessons of the past. This needs to serve as a wake-up call to us all and as a roadmap of where government officials need to act. The survey, the first to drill down to state level in the U.S., ranks states according to a score based on three criteria, whether young people have definitely heard about the Holocaust, whether they can name one concentration camp, uh, camp, death camp, or ghetto, and whether they know six million Jews were killed. The top scoring state was Wisconsin, where 42% of millennial and Gen Z adults met all three criteria, followed by Minnesota, 37%, and Massachusetts, 35%. The lowest scoring states were Florida at 20%, Mississippi at 18%, and Arkansas at 17%. Nationally, 63% of respondents did not know 6 million Jews were murdered during the Holocaust, and more than one in three, 36%, thought 2 million or fewer had been killed. And uh, it goes into some more numbers here, but for the sake of time, I'm going to skip to the last paragraph of this article, because so far it seems like Wow, we we have a problem with eighteen to thirty nine year olds. You know, m- m- many of them haven't even heard about the whole Holocaust thing. Millennials, yeah, we're just all just dumb. We're just dumb millennials and mm-hmm. Gen Zers. Uh, technically, I'm a millennial. I'm getting old, but I am a millennial. You're an elder millennial. Yeah, uh, one of the elderest. Uh, <laughs> data. This is the last paragraph. Data was collected from one thousand interviews nationwide and 200 interviews in each state with young adults aged 18 to 39 selected at random. Now, okay, let's, let's do some, some math, you know, because I'm Asian, but that's not oh. the only reason why I'm doing math. I'm giving the benefit of the doubt here because the sentence here, data was collected from 1,000 interviews nationwide. Okay, that's 1,000, a mm-hmm. survey of 1,000, and 200 interviews in each state with young adults aged 18 to 39 selected at random. I'm assuming they mean 200 interviews per state because you can read that sentence and think 200 total interviews with, uh, with a state that has, you know, 18 to 39 year olds, which is pretty much every state I would imagine. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to assume that it's, you know, all 50 States, 200 for each state, which gives you a total of 11,000, uh, as a number, as a sample size being interviewed right. for this survey. Now, didn't you say it was to, a thousand? Well, it's a thousand interviews nationwide. Okay. And then 200 interviews in each state with young adults aged 18 to 39. So what is the random. difference between nationwide and then each state? I Isn't, don't know. Aren't the states included in nationwide? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'm just giving okay. them the benefit right. of the doubt here. I'm going with the big number, 11,000, because okay. it could be 1,200. I mean, this survey could have been based on 1,200 people, but okay. given, let's just say 11,000 people were surveyed for this thing. Mm-hmm. Considering that there's about 90 million Americans between the age of 19 and 39, this means that the, the conclusions of this article are based on 0.01% of Americans age 19 to 39. So although the findings are alarming, it's not, it's, this is the problem with, with uh, surveys and statistics and conclusions, headlines right. and everything that come from that is you don't know for sure. And yeah. it's hard for me to believe that 
what was the number? 23%? That is so low. Yeah. It, yeah. It's really hard for me to believe. I don't think I've ever met somebody who, who had never heard that I mean, I've, 6 I've, million Jews I've were met the deniers. I've met deniers. Yeah, I've yeah, talked yeah, to yeah, deniers. Yeah. Same. Which exist. I, I get it. You know, there was a documentary out a few years ago saying that, you know, Hitler was trying to take down the new world order and they flipped it out on him and, right, you know, the right. whole deal. So I've seen that kind of thing. So I understand that. But to say that they've never even heard of it. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. Right. <laughs> what? Yeah, and you know what occurred to me with this? I mean, I, I don't believe now there's three criteria. One, have you ever heard of the Holocaust? And that was a surprisingly low number. I can't, I just can't, I just can't. I don't, I don't, I can't believe that that's true in a case that it was true though. Here's one way. And this is a way that you can lie with statistics. So they said they interviewed 200 uh, youths per state. Mm-hmm. Now, if 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 someone had the intention of getting these low numbers, it seems like you could specifically interview 200 uh, young people who went to school in maybe a certain school district oh, where yeah. Yeah. they didn't teach it. You know, maybe they didn't. I, I don't really know how that works. But if there was a school district that had a very who didn't teach it or didn't, uh, you know, have a very robust educational program about the Holocaust, that would be an easy way to get some low numbers. You just contact kids that were in that school district. Um, I'm not I'm not claiming that that's what they did do, but I'm just trying to understand how in the world you would get such a small number of people who had ever heard of the Holocaust. And maybe that would be one way to get those numbers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can target the sample. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. Right. But that's, you know, I wanted to bring that up because, again, with uh, statistics, it's so easy to sort of, and you read the article and it looks like, you know, the the, the reader that's just reading this is going to think that these are hard numbers that are, you know, conclusive and, and it's a full scale type of thing. Cause it makes it sound like it, you know, anytime you have an article and you write it, it you're going to, you're going to have that perception. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go on a limb and say, this is false. Yeah. It's all part of this, uh, you know, everything is anti-Semitic, uh, right. thing, you know, that's, right. that's been kind of popping up lately. There's been a lot of reports of anti-Semitism rising and that might be objectively true. I'm not, I, you know, I don't know that very well could be objectively true, but there is, you know, it's this thing where everything is anti-Semitic that is, uh, you know, it's, it's just the same type of thing where everything is racist, you know, Trump yeah. saying the word sand is racist. Right. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Now, now the other uh, thing, not not to drag this on because I know we got to wrap up, okay. but the other thing was, you know, a significantly small number of people could name a death camp or a ghetto. Right. And that didn't really surprise me as much because that's a very specific piece of information that you'd have to remember. I'm pretty bad or I will say in the past in school, I was pretty bad at remembering, you know, very specific names of things. And of course, you know, the one that sticks out, everybody would know is Auschwitz uh, yeah. been featured in, in plenty of films and TV and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, I, I but other than that, I I can't really name any other any other thing. Now, their criteria was you just got to name one. I can name one. It's yeah. Auschwitz. Yeah. And maybe it's my own lack of the 
knowledge or some sort of ignorance of it, or maybe I just didn't file it right, file it right in the right filing cabinet in my brain, you know, that stuck around. Um, cause there was no film about it or something, but that was a little bit less surprising just for my res- response to these statistics. Yeah. And the range from 18 to 39 is pretty big. That's a big age range because I mean, that's, some of these people can be parents to the kid. Yeah. And that's, I will say, I think uh, right now, 18 to 39, I I don't think 18 year olds qualify as millennials. So yeah, we're, we're swooping in some Gen Z, I think, but yeah, I don't know. Pretty interesting. A little factoid there and, and certainly will be part of the conversation as whatever sort of cultural revolution in the United States will comes out of all this uh, stuff going on um, that, you know, that'll be part of it. Speaking of the beast system, and to finish it off here, Gons, we got medindia.net self-powered biosensors as medical tracking devices. Uh-oh. Wearable and implantable devices that convert biomechanical energy into electrical energy may not require batteries and charging, according to a review article. Recharging. The review... Yeah, what did I thing. say? Yeah, said charging. Recharging. Yeah. The review article is published in the Biosensors and Bioelectronics. Okay. It doesn't say journal. I'm assuming that's a journal. <laughs> the team reviewed the field from two perspectives, creating devices that have the potential to harvest energy and developing sensors that can power themselves. They said it, Gons. These little machines will be harvesting energy from our bodies. An energy harvester can create energy to power other devices and self-powered sensors will be able to provide their own energy and serve as standalone devices. In some cases, the motion that generates the energy for the sensors may also be the data that the sensor is trying to collect. Quote, it can serve as a sensor directly because it can harvest energy so it can provide the capability to monitor the motion. For example, the heartbeat or whatever the sensor is applied to. And then it can transmit that information from the environment or the body so that it can be analyzed. More precise healthcare and remote health opportunities could be made available through the sensors. Stretchable. Ooh. Piezo. Piezoelectronic. Piezoelectric materials, solid substances that can accumulate electrical charges are found to be critical to this development. The materials need to be able to stretch and flex as human tissues flex and move. These devices could also include wearables on the skin surface. It can be used to track information from the skin surface in the form of heartbeat, blood flow, respiration rate, and other vibrating movements. The flexing motion of the moving muscles, which is generally a hindrance in wearable devices, could be used as an advantage with new materials. The flexing motion could create energy that would be used by these biosensors. These devices could only, uh, sorry, could one day be implanted in the body as advances in physioelectric piezoelectric materials are rugged and flexible enough to withstand the body environment though they are rugged and flexible so rugged they are also sensitive and efficient to capture and convert very minute motions such as heartbeat and respiration 
People generally think that these minimal motions cannot harvest energy. However, in the past decade or two, people have begun seeing the possibilities to generate large-scale signals from these movements. The team is also eyeing creating sensors that can perform double duty. They can harvest energy from the very bodily processes they have been designed to monitor. For example, a sensor could harvest energy from heartbeats and transfer the information about the heart to doctors who are monitoring a patient's cardiovascular condition. Uh, this is pretty spooky, Gons, in the context of chipping and tracking and uh, cybernetics, cyborg, uh, you know, transitions. Uh, just the, just the, again, <laughs> just the philosophical and spiritual ramifications of having a device that harvests your energy in order to uh, also track and uh, uh you know do all the nasty yeah, things that it, the chips are gonna do it's just a it's just too much matrix man well it's I, like directly <laughs> from the matrix a couple things first off the piezoelectric i'm familiar with because as a as a guitar player the piezo pickups are a pretty popular thing especially in like acoustic guitars you can throw in the uh, piezo uh huh. pickups to to get and they you know, don't need more batteries sound. Um, I think some of them mostly do, but, uh, yeah, the other part of it is anytime I'd mention about like, Hey, you know, they're going to try to microchip you, blah, blah, blah. The pushback I get from normie types is like, yeah, but you're not going to be able to charge it. There's no way to charge something like that. Right. And so this here is pretty much saying, Oh, it's going to, you know, it's going to harvest your own energy. And so you have this self perpetuating device in your body. So, mm -hmm. There you go. Wonderful. There we go. Lovely. It's you coming, folks. To, coming for you. You don't need to take it out. You can just uh, charge it with your own bodily energy. And now you have a symbiote, symbiotic relationship between the device and your body, just like uh, Elon Musk wanted. It's a literal parasite. It is. It is. It's, <laughs> it's creepy. We laugh, but it's creepy. Yeah. Yeah. It will kill. Well, there you go, folks. That's about it for today's show. Gons, any last words? Um, you know, I just realized that during the whole Joe Biden video that we played, uh -huh. uh, it was, you know, it was just a blank camera on the stage for an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. And then he came out and said, like, just had an hour and a half meeting. Yeah, you know, weird, I th huh? I, th I think that might have been uh, planned. Well, maybe not, but I, I don't know. Like that's a, a really bad image crafting it was very poorly done image crafting that's like you oh know. sorry i'm an hour and a half late i was in an emergency meeting i'm just so presidential <laughs> they had to get him hyped up enough to get in front of a camera which is funny because who are you joe you don't have any authority right now why would you be so important to some sort of emergency meeting well, because he has hairy legs. I got hairy legs. I got hairy legs. He had to shave. All right. This is coming off. The, All right. Coming off there the we go. We're going off the rails. So before that happens, thank you so much for listening to this episode, folks. We really appreciate it. Remember to leave ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts and other podcatchers that you listen to the show on. Um, and remember us. Producers, potential producers, uh, remember us for Friday's show. That'll be Friday the 18th. Yes, the 18th. Uh, oh so gosh. tune in then, and uh, we'll be back sometime 
uh, around 12 to 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Don't miss it. Turn on notifications. Follow us on as many platforms as you can. Uh, Otherwise, you might just miss the show. So make sure to do that. Thank you very much. Thanks to all our producers. uh, Allie, thank you for the uh, arts. Thank you, Nicholas, Stephen, Tristan, and Jason, our producers for today's show. And... um, that'll do it now remember folks some of the best ways to support the show is uh a you can become a a financial producer that's we need that we can't do the show without that you can send in art you can send in jingles you can send in songs we'll have the canary cry mixtape at the end of the show so don't skip out on that one and uh all those things can uh, get you a producership on the show and we can't we can't do a show without producers. This is uh, the real world, folks. So thank you very much. And remember, another great way to support the show is to just share it with your friends and family. Just hit that share button, whether it's on your social media or just, you know, text it. Text it to your mom who has a flip phone. I don't know how, what she's going to do once she gets it, but you can send it to her and just tell her how great it is. Um, and if you need any other instructions, here's what you do. You walk right up. You grab them by the... <laughs> cage and then you shake it canary in the coal mine the end of the world occurred pretty much as we had predicted i want to shake things up stir up some controversy rattle a few cages hey stop that don't ever silence me i'm the last angry man a crusader for the little guy leave the bird alone never rattle a few cages The human race will have every opportunity to improve. And if they don't? Ask Noah. Just ask Noah. That's right, folks. Again, thank you so much. Make sure to hit us on Friday sometime between 12 and 3 Pacific Standard Time. That's a PM for those who are wondering. And uh, remember us uh, at patreon.com slash ccnt or canary cry news uh, nope canary cry radio.com slash support okay yeah, you got the background music going I'm sorry i know it's i'm all clash. mixed i'm all mixed up for the end of this yeah. show folks i am yeah. so sorry all right but that there you go uh thanks for listening to this episode of canary cry news talk make sure to tune in next time but until then think outside the cage I think our chat froze. Yay. Really? Yay? Wait, I mean, I mean, kind of. <laughs> what? Rattle her cage a little bit more. Canaries in a cage. It will kill. I shake things up, shake things up. I wanna shake things up, shake things up. Leave the bird alone. I wanna stir up some controversy. I wanna rattle a few cages. I wanna rattle a few cages. I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence me. I'm the last angry man. I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence me. I'm the last angry man. A crusader for the little guy. Little guy, little guy. Well, we'll see about that. Whatever, Illuminati.
Humans will be confined in a people's zoo. People, I'll keep you safe and Thank you. 